0: Hi, we're Visible, the wireless company with nothing to hide. Get unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for $25 a month, taxes and fees included. Sorry, hidden fees, we're just not into you. Switch today at Visible.com. Rate with service on the Visible plan. For additional terms and network management practices, see Visible.com.
1: Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each 2-ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has 8 grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. And now through the end of December, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com, valid through 12 2022 Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, PODcast, PrideofDetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. We're about ready to start fighting each other already. We have like had about eight different ways. A trio of us have wanted to fight one another because you know what brings out the best in people? When you get a slam dunk victory like the lion's had over the Jacksonville sad Jaguars here. Yes, the, the, the trash talk's on and we're going to uh, fight each other because I'm Christopher Fett, the adequate host. At Christopher Fett on t- on Twitter, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader, the producer of Pride of Detroit, not the producer of this podcast, but that is his title over at Pride of Detroit. Jeremy, right. I'm I'm ready to
2: fight. I'm I'm energized.
1: Yeah, in a for good a guy way. who looks like like Fred Nanders or uh, Ned Flanders, he really looks like that right now. Anyway, Ryan Matthews. Back is the mother- at Ryan underscore Pod, responsible for several delays, as he has refused to tell me how much. When he when I, he was he said he had to watch the end of Chiefs Bengals.
3: I I took a little bath, but you know what? After I got rinsed off, I'm still mm-hmm. up. Things still are great. Black. Things black. are gravy. You know the theme of this podcast should be playing with house money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it is basically what it is, and apparently what we've learned. From how the three of us work together, house money makes us all insane too. We're we're Wait, feeling good. We make some, us get, feel good about playing with house money. And what, what happens when we feel good? We start throwing back some some beverages and we start throwing punches. Apparently, we,
2: I mean, here's the thing, Chris. Like, how many times on this podcast have we lamented about how fun the 2016 season was, mm-hmm. and we're just like, it's been miserable since. It's fun again, man. Yeah, it's Lions One football. The- it's fun again. One of the great things
1: is that we no longer have the angst of worrying about a draft position. Other than the fact that I think we had to worry about the Rams playing the Seahawks. And I think a few of us are rooting for the Seahawks to actually win that lose that game because yes, it would have tanked the draft a bit stock from them a bit, but back in the playoffs, up, we'll talk some playoffs in a second. We got to talk about this game though, because I love Duncan on a team. I love Duncan on a team. We haven't had a performance like that. In years, closest I could think of. I mean, well, there was the Arizona game last year, but it didn't feel like this. It didn't feel like a complete game like this.
2: Did it? No, this 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 felt this felt different. Listen, I I'm going to have trouble holding back. I'm I'm, I'm going to have trouble being the wet blanket today because last I might, week I, I might try to do that a bit. But go on. I, well, good luck. Good luck stopping me this week, because last week I was on here saying, listen, this this Jacksonville game is going to tell us a lot about this team because we've seen this team go on spurts. We've seen this team then get punched in the mouth. And then the entire season, dot, like, nosedives after this. This team has now put together five not only playoff-worthy performances, but, like, top-tier NFL team performances five weeks in a row. And they just blew the doors off a of Jacksonville Jaguars team in which all week we were saying – they might be on our level. Like we need to we need to be worried about this team. They're playing really good football. They just beat the Baltimore Ravens. They got they got an elite quarterback who's finally catching on. And the Lions just blew the damn doors off that team. Just blew the like they are not in the same class as the Detroit Lions. And it feels good to say that about a team, by the way. It feels good to say there is there is a level of not bad NFL teams that are not in the class of the, the current Detroit Lions. And so, listen, I'm not saying the Lions are going to win out, but I no longer think that's a long shot. Period. Exclamation point. Period. One one one. exclamation point.
1: Word said immediately before disaster.
2: Ryan? Uh,
3: there are so many takeaways from this game, but, like, I will tell you what. If I saw the box score before this game and the only thing you showed me was 31 rushes, for 100 yards, and I know that includes two kneel downs from Nate Sudfeld, but if you're telling me that this Lions team averaged less than 3.5 yards a carry and they dominated the Jacksonville Jaguars, I would say, please show me the rest of the box score because how the did that happen? I, I mean... Th- very like, carefully. Th- th- this is a Lions win unlike any other Lions win this year. And, and I think what's most emblematic of it is the way that the Lions did everything? They did anything and everything they wanted to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Like they even let them score. <laughs> they traded yards for points on a drive that took Jacksonville like almost seven minutes. And I was like, they're 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 letting this happen. Like yep. they they could be playing a different way, but like the Lions are trading yards for they're trading yards and time for points. Usually should- and. Like the Lions aren't in that situation usually, Chris.
1: Yeah, usually when 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 the team gets back within two scores like that, especially when it's the, the third quarter and how this team has struggled in the third quarter, you think to yourself, oh no, this could be problems. And yet everything you said, Ryan, I didn't worry about that touchdown at all. Because I'm like, that took them way too much time to march down the field. And Trevor Lawrence is having too much trouble with, with guys like Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston grabbing a sack and and some of the pass rush the aggressiveness of the lions which has sometimes hurt them worked in the favor against the jaguars like Trevor Lawrence could take advantage of it on some short passes but nothing that was like the bills where he could blow the doors off the lions to punish them for their aggressiveness it it worked it worked for the lions to slow them
3: down it did work i want to ask jeremy you you're you're sitting at ford field yep the jaguars start with the ball the first carry is ETN for four yards. The next carry is ETN for 13 yards. And then he meets a wall named Deshaun Elliott who forces that fumble. Like there was something just about like those first two plays on the ground that looked way too easy for Jacksonville. Yeah. And I, and I know it's kind of like prisoner of the moment and maybe looking back and be like, Oh, ha ha. But like at the same time, like even after that drive, like the, you know, Jacksonville got the ball back and, and they marched down the field and got a field goal out of it. Sure. So like, I mean that first drive coupled with the way that they answered getting scored on um, when Detroit took the ball, took the ball on that fumble and scored. Like
2: there was something early on about Jacksonville where I was like, they're moving the ball really easily. Yeah. I mean, listen, they're, they're a good offense, right? They, they run the ball really well. They're they average, like four, eight, a carry ETN is averaging five, five, a carry. And maybe if this game was close, we would have seen a, a more balanced Jacksonville offense and it would have put the Lions into trouble. Um, but I mean it was not, it was never gonna be close because the Lions scored on their first eight possessions of the game. Eight first eight possessions of the game. And I, I want to go back to the point you you made before that, Ryan. The Lions did it without running the ball. They were they they and, and in fact they haven't been a successful running team in a month and a half. And they're on a four and one tear. And that to me is worth pointing out for several reasons. One, because I think it, it means Jared Goff deserves a little bit more credit than some of us are giving. Second of all, idiots like me were concerned that when Dan Campbell was going to take over this team, they were going to be a run first team and not enter the modern NFL of pass the ball a bunch and win football games. The Lions were up by three scores most of this game and Jared Goff threw the ball 41 times. They never let the foot their foot off the gas and I've never been more proud of Ben Johnson. Hi, Ben Johnson, and come in, and come and sit down. And here's the thing: the, like, I can feel the wet blanket coming in. Sometimes I'll be like, "Oh God, he's doing so well." We're, like, this is it. Like, we're we're doing enjoy that thing him again. Now. Where
1: it's like, en- "Oh no, we might enjoy lose him now because
2: oh no. he's gone." And 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 all this other stuff. And I just I, I need to shut myself up and be like, "Shut up, enjoy this. Worry about that when you have to worry about that. Enjoy a damn four and one streak by this football team because man, it it's a lot of fun." It's a lot of fun
1: and it's, it's, it's the house money uh, analogies app. We'll get into individual performances in the next segment, I think, but Ryan, the, the amount of young players that we just keep seeing just growing and growing. And I know there were the chance at Ford field for we want JMO and everything. I think the Lions are doing right by taking, by slowing him into the season. But the good news is, is that when you need to beat games on the reg too, they've they've already got guys who are established, who you know are producers, and even then, guys like DJ Shark, who've been quiet all year, came out and performed well. This this game made us feel good about even the parts of the Detroit Lions where we were worried about, like we were worried about DeAndre Swift's performance, and here he comes and he's he does well. I, I know some people will say he didn't get enough touches. Those people are fantasy dorks. Like he, he, DeAndre Swift played well today. I don't want to hear about lack of touches. He played well today. And I think DJ Shark, who we have ragged on quite, quite often because he has to perform most this year. He performed, he got, you know, just south of 100 yards, and I think five receptions. So this is, this was a game that I worry how much some of that stuff is more portable to the next game. But the point is that the positivity is there. and this team has always been a team that rides its own vibes, that rides its own waves of emotion, of positivity. and that's that's what football is. You have to ride on these emotions to play the game and it's what Dan Campbell has always been about uh, consciously or not. So like to see them hit this stride right now feels good and it will and I think it continues to pay dividends down the line.
3: I, I think I, I think to Chris's point real quick, I I, I, I see that and what I identify it as is the Lions winning with the usual suspects. This is what it was supposed to be all along. Mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown was the number one receiver. He was an absolute stud at each and every point in the game. Made crucial catch, crucial run after catch. Whenever you needed him to make a play, he was making a play. Two touchdown catches, 11 receptions. Amon Ross St. Brown was, I, this might have been his best game that he's had to date. And watch. Then on top of that, it's the renaissance of DeAndre Swift. Because let me tell you what, if you want to talk about how DeAndre Swift didn't get enough touches, in what world do you want DeAndre Swift to touch the ball more than 18 times? Do you know what I mean? Like that is an absolute sweet spot for him. 14 carries, four catches for 49 yards. I mean, I I don't know. Like, in in what world do you want him to to touch the ball more often? Because we know what that story ends up playing out like, and that's what I mean though. Like, it's the usual suspects. It's it's, it's Amara St. Brown. It's DeAndre Swift. It's um, you know, when when you go over to the defensive side of the ball, it's like, you know, Aiden Hutchinson getting in there for a half a sack and. And now all of a sudden it's it's like the secondary, like the secondary, the defensive backs like played their butts off, man. Like what an incredible game for them. You know, all the hype that Trevor Lawrence had coming into this game. He ends up 17 of 31 for 179 yards and a touchdown like this game, game, this game, Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, but like we felt like this game should be much closer than it was. Yeah and and the lions were only one point favorites
2: at home yeah and it it jumped it kept jumping back between lions and and jaguars favored by one and yeah so like this is i i don't i don't want people to and i'm afraid this is going to happen people are going to downplay the win right oh you you blew out a four and 17 who cares like they're four and 17 that's not what this was and and we build it that way all all week like this is a jaguars team that's not bottom of the barrel this isn't the broncos this isn't
1: they're know, close. They're close. Team you want they, to.
2: They, right. I, If they keep growing on this year, they will like, people will notice Trevor Lawrence in year three. But here's here's the point that I want to make because this offense is suddenly what it was like in week one through three, right? It's healthy. And we know when it's healthy, they've got a lot of good weapons, a lot of good weapons. And they all showed out today. DJ Chark showed out, which is nice to see. Amon Ra showed out. DeAndre Swift showed out. Jamal Williams show, showed out. Jared Goff showed out. The offensive line was good and is just missing one piece now like all of that is just like it was at the beginning of the season but guess what the defense has gotten better a lot better a lot better from where it was at the beginning of the year and so all those close games that the Lions were losing early in the season because their defense couldn't get off the damn field now they're blowouts now they're blowouts if the if this lions team played any of those games i'm talking seattle screw it i'm talking minnesota they blow out those games and listen, other teams get better throughout the season, but this team is firing on all cylinders right now. And listen, the defense isn't great; it's good though. It's forcing turnovers. They just forced a turnover, I think, in five straight games. An interception in four straight going into this one, and I, they didn't get one today. But um, point being, like, you you finally got your offense back that that we saw that was so exciting that was leading the the league in scoring through the first month of the season. That's back because they're healthy. And now your defense is good too. And so this is becoming, dare I say, a well-rounded team that is dangerous. It's a dangerous football team. And I'm not going to hold back, Chris. I'm sorry.
1: No, no, no. I want to ask two things because I want some clarity on this because the two doubts that creep into my mind is, number one, we kind of saw the surge at the end of the year last year. And we said, okay, they can turn around and they can grow on this in 2022. And they came out flat again in 2022. I know I'm looking down the line A little too far I just wonder how much this is potable to next year I think it's a little more potable than it was last year just because you're getting more and more growth from these guys because like look that five game skid hurt it hurt a lot it hurt a lot of confidence you're making it up now but I don't think the Lions can really afford a third year of this hot cold I'm a cold hot to really start the year but so
2: they didn't have a five game stretch like this last year they, no, listen, absolutely not. No, they and, and we talked about it games. last year. You, you, you look at that stretch last year, and I, I kept bringing it up. They got blown out in a couple of those games near the end yes. of the year. Yes, yes. This is different. And, and I want
1: to ask about some of the things that happened that were different this game, like DeAndre Swift getting you know, more involved in the ground game, which wasn't true of some of these, these games, the Lions have won lately that the defense was able to bend. Don't break on the Jaguars, which wasn't true of some of these past games. So how much of these like new things with the Jaguars are portable to the remaining five games of the year, because I think their strengths were in from this last, from this four and one will, rem- will remain their strengths. I'm just curious how I'm saying this as a neutral party here. I am saying this to quiz Jeremy and Ryan, how much of these new things we saw against Jaguars will be a continuing trend.
2: You want those answers now or after the break? Because are we I, up I against it? it? Yeah. It's up to, not really. We No, I mean, here, let's do it. Let's make it real quick. Just answer that real quick. Cause I've got a lot of players to get into on the other side. I, I guess my answer is that none of this seems that new to me. If this is, if, if Like I said, like the Lions offense has shown this level of performance all season when they're healthy. And the defense has shown that they've gotten better in the past six weeks. So all of it is portable because this is who they are now. I'm sorry. Like, I, I know. Last week I was like, I don't know. They still need to be. They still need to put together more games and like, right? Because no. the word I'm after sorry. The
1: Buffalo Bills, we were like questioning the idea of a moral victory. And right. you know, we I think even you were saying like, you know, look, game to game, these Lions it can be inconsistent. We were we could celebrate this loss, you know, last year, and then we turn around and get you know, you know, the, right completely fall off,
2: but it didn't happen. Right. It didn't happen. And in fact, the exact opposite happened. They took an okay team and blew the doors off them. So yeah, I'm ready to say these lions are real. Like this five game stretch is not a blip on the radar. It's not, it's not the exception. This is your Detroit lions football under Dan Campbell team right now. Like that's, that's it. Maybe I look like an idiot in four weeks, but man, I haven't seen this team play this good, this consistent football in a while. So I'm saying this is a new normal. I don't want this to be interpreted as a wet blanket thing. But
3: I feel like we're finding out who this football team is from here on out. And the reason I say that is because of the postgame speech that Dan Campbell gave where he's like, hey, we're one and know. This is a six game season and we're one and know right now. I'm really intrigued to see what the Lions do over the six game stretch. And I think that that was everybody's opinion coming out of Thanksgiving. They answered the bell in a resounding way by beating Jacksonville the way that they did I don't think that anybody can say I mean there's a whole lot of shoulda coulda what is about this season and they're all in the past because that was that in my opinion that was last season I'm fully on board with the idea that this is a six game season if the Lions can go five and one or if they can (laughs) for loving oh my god just say the word say it If they can run the table. Oh God. If they can go six and oh, the lions have a chance at making the playoffs. And that's all that matters right now. It's the six game season. I'm going to be thrilled with the lions, regardless of. Regardless of them looking like stinkers. And, and here's the thing. I think that that's so far from possibly happening that I'm not even concerned about it. Like, I I know that... Here's the thing. For the first time, I'm thrilled to tune into Lions football now. <laughs> like, it's it's December. I'm going to the game next week. I have not been this excited about going to a, a Lions game. It's a huge game, dude. It's a
2: huge game.
3: For a variety of reasons and some that belong in my pocket. <laughs> but the, the thing that I'm most excited about is that this football team is playing meaningful football games, after Thanksgiving and who's got it better than us. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, let's, let's, pull with that, that back down a little bit. With <laughs> that
1: we should probably move on to <laughs> player performances and everything else. So as you can tell, we're all fired up here. We're all jacked up. Yeah. 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 Lions football. Yeah. We haven't had this much fun in a minute. So we're going to ride this as much as we can. And we will not talk about drafting quarterbacks at all right now. I guarantee you that. Maybe not during the break because people keep asking me about it. But I know Jeremy is very sensitive about that particular topic right now. But anyway, before we go to break, we do need to let you know that the Pride of Detroit podcast is PODcast is brought to you by that Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and Six are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. I hear they're going to make jerky out of these Jaguars now. Well, you can't get jaguar meat, but each two ounce gra- bag of pro of each two out. Let me speak. Let me speak. Each two ounce bag of jerky has sixteen to twenty grams of protein. Each stick, each meat stick has eight grams. So trust me, if it's good enough for the lions, it's going to be good enough for you too. Righteous felon. They're based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, which I think we're going to adopt as part of Michigan now. They're, they use locally sourced, all natural black Angus beef. They pride themselves in superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offering. And guess what? It is the time, it is the gift of the season, is the se- the reason of the season. The gift of meat is back on until the end of the year, until 1231. Until the the new year bells ring for 2023, you can use POD 20 to get 20% off your order. That's right. We've brought back the 20% off promo code. So until the end of the year, use go to righteousfellow.com. use promo code POD 20 to get 20% off your order. And you too can enjoy the gift of meat. We'll be right back on the private Detroit POD cast. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit podcast. cast. we went on adventures during the break. And you can join us on our adventures by following us live on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit, where things happen. Things happen. Uh, inside jokes are fired. Everyone is made uncomfortable. And uh, foul jokes are told. Anyway, putting all that aside, let's get back to Lions talk, because podcasts have to be focused. Let's do individual performances here. We did see in the locker room celebration... Game ball went to DJ shark who finally had the game that I think everyone has been really hoping he would have since coming to Detroit, not your reception leader. That's Amon Ross St. Brown with a whopping 11 receptions on 12 targets, but shark targeted six times, five receptions two yards shy of a hundred for the day, putting his average at a mean, mean 19.6 beautiful day for the man and doing it against his former team which I think that always means a little bit something when you can go back and uh, clown up your
2: former team like that. It feels nice. There's, there's a lot of really cool things I think about this performance and maybe the easiest just being that DJ Chark is like a really good person. And so it was nice to kind of get this monkey off his back of like, like this is yeah. last well, song he dropped, he dropped the winning a ball that could have helped ice away the, the <clears> bills game. But I not, not even, not even that like, this is a guy who hasn't had a performance like this in two years. Last year, all lost due to injury. This year, a lot lost due to injury. And, and you know, people are clowning this guy on Twitter. They're, they're saying he's garbage. They're saying, like, this was a big waste of money. And maybe maybe that'll turn out to be true or not. But it, it was interesting listening to Chuck this week going into the game. And this was clearly the best he's felt since week three. And when people kept asking, oh, you know, like, things obviously a lot of people in in Jacksonville weren't happy last year with with urban Meyer. And he's one of the guys that spoke out about it. Marvin spoke out about it. And so like, Oh, well, you know, this is this, is this game going to mean a little bit more to you? And most of the time he said, you know, not really. Like I I have a lot of guys there that I'm friends with. I'm friends with, you know, the the receivers there, I'm, I'm friends with the quarterback there, this game, but this game does mean a lot to me because I need to prove to myself that I can still do this. I need to prove, like, he's he was chopping at the bit, missing six games this year, missed whatever it was last year, 14, 15 games last year. To what to see him go out there and do it and like prove that he is valued to this team? It it was a relief to me. And I know it's a big monkey off his back. and, And watching him, like, big old smile on his face in the locker room, you could tell it meant a lot to him. And what happened in the first quarter of this game, deep shot. They connected Ryan. They finally got a 40 a some yard pass to DJ chicks. They finally, we, we'd seen it happen all preseason. We saw it happen in training camp it has not happened yet in the regular season. They get that in the very first quarter. And it's just like, you can, it felt like there was a, a metaphorical weight off of everyone's back when that play happened.
3: For sure. 96 or excuse me, 98 yards on five catches. He did lead the team though in yards per catch. like that's what we've been talking about all offseason long as soon as the lions got dj shark and the thing that kind of bothered me as it started to bother lions fans because they were getting impatient and like you said jeremy he hasn't been right since week three and he goes on ir and he spends all that time off and the nfl is such a what have you done for me lately business that dj shark has had the misfortune of Yeah, I mean, he caught a touchdown pass against the Eagles, but that was, (laughs) that was forever ago, you know? And then, you know, he, he had a, he had a good bounce back week last week, but it it was ultimately in a losing effort. And it was one of those things where I, I agree with you, like the, the, the questions about like, Hey, can DJ shark still do this? It has, you know, it's been like two years since he's had like a really productive day and, and been you know uh, a contributing factor to it to a team winning a football game i thought that this was a performance that showed this is how dj shark is best utilized like if dj shark gives you an explosive play in a game good good stuff's gonna happen like more often than not if dj shark is gonna give you a, a a play of 40 plus yards good things are probably happening for your football team because this Lions football team has Amon Ross St. Brown. It has DeAndre Swift. J-Mo got his feet wet today, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit, but, like, th- there, there are so many wet- Josh Reynolds, like... I-, I even want to talk about the return team. Like, and that's special teams, but, Kalief like, those is doing are... doing a hell of a job, man. <laughs> Khalif is doing a hell of a job as, as a returner, and, like, the thing that seems so so awesome about dj shark getting this monkey off his back is that it's to this team's ultimate benefit it's to the lions offense humming like it was today like dj shark not only made one big catch in terms of yards gained but the catch that he got to to set up that second and short Mm
2: -hmm. um that got reviewed that was a tough ass catch. Yeah. DJ Shark had some tough catches today. And and the reason for that is because he was going against a really good corner most of the day. And I think that needs to be mentioned too. Tyson Campbell, their young corner over there in Jacksonville. We we were talking about it a little bit on our first bite podcast. He's playing really damn well. He's shutting down some really good receivers. And DJ Shark ate his lunch. <laughs> Yeah,
1: good news.
3: You know who yeah. else? say... He- oh, real real quick, the last thing I want to say about DJ Shark is the reason why I was getting kind of upset with a lot of Lions fans piling on and saying, like, you know, it was a wasted investment and, you know, blah, 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 whatever negative things they wanted to say about DJ Shark. It's the same guy that, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, but, like, the whole beat was talking about in terms of, man, Shark and Goth have some chemistry going on. Like, that was a huge that was a huge plot point to the lions training camp into their preseason and i think that's the reason why a lot of people feel so disappointed with how shark has played this year is because there was all this promise that was percolating and then it led to shark ending up on ir and him not being on the field today was the first opportunity i feel like lions fans really got to see oh hey like golf and shark they they can work with one another Absolutely.
1: You know, who also is eating a lot of lunches out there is sun God as always, as <laughs> I mentioned, 11 receptions today and the pro bowl voting. It's all, it's always about stuffing the ballots, but still, I don't think are, are
2: we looking at a genified pro bowl season for him right now, Jeremy? Yeah. Yes. All right. Unequivocally. Yes. Like he's, he's PFFs like two or three rated receiver. He's, I mean, if this guy is healthy, he will tear your defense apart. Yeah, someone was Existible asking me. As a...
1: Someone was asking me. I think like Amon Ross, St. Brown, top blank receiver in the NFL, and I have no real way to answer that right now. So I guess I should ask Ryan. Top what receiver, Amon Ross, St. Brown?
3: If we were doing list casts, he would be in all three of our top tens.
2: And that's what he, competition. He, he pro- I'm like, he probably belongs. I know that sounds crazy, and the thing is like. I think usually receivers like him don't make lists like that because slot you think receivers
3: of, you, don't. Slot, right, slots don't. No, but he's such a difference maker because like the dude just makes plays. Like I I made the joke on Twitter, but like he golfed threw him a murder ball, as Jeremy yeah. put it.
1: Yeah, that no, that like Tom Brady's talked about this before. Those are the type of balls you throw over the
3: middle, and you get your receivers killed doing that. Ra was back in a play later,
2: yeah, like. And it looked like he was dead. Like he just, he goes down Ford field goes dead silent. We're all just, and it, it, it's almost like my it's heart, like dropped. Will, it's my like heart Willy, really dropped. It's like Willie Wonka when he's walking out to, to meet the people, he he falls down and everyone's like, Oh my God, he just springs back up and boom, he's out there catching a first down, like two plays later on a third down. It's insane. Like that guy, he, he does his calf lifts. That's, that's all I can
3: say. There, there are a lot of really good wide receivers in the NFL and like, Saying that Amon Ross St. Brown is a top ten wide receiver is some high praise. Like I, I know that maybe some of you hear that and you're like, oh, well, I mean, there's there's guys like Justin Jefferson that exist, and there's guys that Devon like Devontae Adams, Adams Tyreek Hill, like Justin, like yeah, we could yeah. round out this list very quickly. Jamar Chase, like you just get going on wide receiver names, and like Amon Ross St. Brown is in the ten best.
2: I can say that with great confidence. If he doesn't and, have that ankle sprain, I think he's probably top five in stats
3: right now. Oh, and the the the, the concussion that knocked him out of the right. Dallas game. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, look look at how he started this game this season: sixty four yards and a touchdown, one hundred and sixteen yards and two touchdowns, seventy three yards, zero touchdowns, and then I don't know when the the ankle sprain happened in the New England game. I think or maybe the Minnesota game. So there's a stretch where he doesn't do much. And then he's back at it. Chicago, 119, no touchdowns, 76, 122, and a touchdown, 114 and two touchdowns. And then today, whatever it was, 114 and two touchdowns. He is good for at least 70 yards and a touchdown a game when he's healthy. That's pro bowl level. That's that's, that's, that's a baseline.
3: That's a baseline
2: for the dude. Right. Yeah. Pro Bowl. That's him him on a a mediocre. Vote him in. Vote him in. Everyone right now, when you're listening to this podcast, you can do it on Twitter. Pro Bowl vote. I'm on Ross St. Brown. That's all. Vote or die. That's the tweet. As the kids say. That's that's it. That's the tweet.
1: Mm -hmm. Speaking of guys who had uh, also like, first off, quick accolades out to DeAndre Swift. Sure. Getting, I, I didn't, I was worried that he was going to get that touchdown filched away from him again. And once one more going to the pile that Jamal Williams is building up, which by the way, someone, someone's asked me on the on the post game pod, Jamal Williams, can he get to 20 touchdowns this year? Very Absolutely. possible. He just yeah. has to, he has to average one in every game plus one. All That's the lines he need to do. do is get near the goal line. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought he was going to filch one from DeAndre Swift. And instead, Swift, he has to effort for that touchdown. Stu- you know, really go to the outside and the edge there being chased, but he gets it in, but uh nice bounce back game for Swift after some time where he's been.
2: Yeah. He's getting healthy 111 yards and, and, a, and a score. And, and I, I still have some of his, his issues with, with vision in general. I think he gets a little too impatient sometimes and kicks it outside, but I, I maybe, maybe the path to, and I, we've mentioned this before, maybe the path to Deandre Swift being an effective weapon is, is just getting him more involved in the receiving game. And they, they lined him up wide a lot in this game. And what's his stat line there? 4 for 49 I'll take that. Yes. i are running back. Right? I mean, Ryan kind of called it in his betting post. Like, this was a good game to get him going in the receiving game. And turned out, yeah, it sure was.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Uh, def- yeah. We, we have to definitely give credit to to Swift. But the, we, we can't go to defense, Chris, before we, we have to talk about Jared Goff for just a second. Oh, no. <laughs>
1: I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to get in trouble because every no. time I talk about Jared Goff, people think I am like some raging hater, and I'm not. I just have a problem as far as long-term. I I, I have like planning for
3: long-term that I'm talking about. Anyway, go on, Ryan. Jared Goff gets his flowers today. Like yes, he does. He definitely deserves every bit of credit for leading this offense to scoring on every single possession they had. Mm-hmm. Yep. I... there's there's nothing I can really say bad about the guy today and and how many of you on your bingo card had Jared Goff is going to half spin out of a sack and fold Trayvon Walker in half like a freaking folding chair like I couldn't believe that Jared Goff was managing like Jared Goff was in charge of this offense today and at every time it needed to make a play it made a play and I, I, th- there isn't one bad thing I can say about the guy. There isn't any criticism I can levy against him there. I, I mean,
2: the, the, the guy it. played a near perfect game. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to say anything bad about him. and I'm not looking to think, say anything bad about him. Cause he was, he was electric today. He underthrew JMO. Oh my God. Stop it. Um, anyway. Here, no, <laughs> let, let me, let me just quote Dan Campbell. and And it's hard to disagree with him in this game too, because he says, quote, our quarterback played as good as you can play. I think he played as good as any quarterback can play today. And I I mean even even the two sacks that he took, he minimized by scrambling and kind of getting out of there. So I think Goff was maybe the best I've seen Jared Goff in a Detroit Lions uniform in this game and I've actually said that a couple times this year now. And so mm-hmm. we're, we're not we're not having quarterback discussions today down the line. But this this was a emph- emphatic Check mark in the keep Jared Goff tally. Yep. Uh, let's talk some defense,
1: shall we? By hey, James Houston's back. He's got another sack.
2: That dude is that dude is really fun to watch. How many man. snaps
1: did he play today? Does he still not play a lot of snaps, and he's just making a lot of the small snaps he's getting? So or?
2: he's basically just playing pass rushing snaps, third third and longs, um, two minute drill type thing. So I'm guessing it'll probably come out to be about ten. Twelve, something like that. Um, I haven't seen a snap count yet, but he still not a sack. He still notches, a, like he still notches a, uh, a sack and a tackle for loss, and yeah. a, and a quarterback hit. Like he was very close on an earlier play that that um, mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence actually made a really good play on and on a third down conversion. That guy, that guy is. I mean, I, I hate to use his nickname, but that guy is going to be a problem. He's he's going to be a problem. And if he ever figures out the rest of the game where he can be more than you know a NASCAR package pass rusher. Might, I mean, Brad Holmes might deserve a, another big pat on the back for that one because that I, I honestly think that guy can be special. Like, I, you have give, given up. He's to doing Glenn. things I haven't, he's doing things a pass rusher, I, I haven't seen a pass rusher in Detroit do in a very, very long time.
1: I just got to give it up to Aaron Glenn and the rest of that defensive coaching staff, too, for taking a guy who kind of was sitting in that in between of linebacker and edge rusher and turning him into what he is now. Yeah. With it with the seasoning he's getting for the late round pick that he is to turn him into that. Ryan, did you have anyone else on defense who really stood out
3: for you? I mentioned it earlier, but like as a unit, I felt like I saw each member of the secondary make a play today. Deshaun Sean Elliott had one, the yeah. they he had he had the fumble that was forced. Jerry Jacobs had a great breakup in, in pass coverage and I thought he he played a pretty game and again this is just from watching the the tv broadcast but you know will harris made a tackle you know that's break up too yeah yeah it, it, that's what i mean is that like it seems like everybody in the secondary okuda like i i know he made some plays like i i just i just mm-hmm. thought everybody had something that you could write home about in the secondary and when your secondary is making plays like that good stuff and like the, the other person i want to mention is like Derek barnes like had a play where he took a bad angle. And then like a quarter later, he's making an incredible play tackle for a loss. And it's yeah. like, he, you, you're not seeing him continuously make the same mistakes that he was making, like in his rookie season, like there is progress, like even within the game and from game to game, you know, Alex Antoloni,
2: like he made some plays, Bumble you recovery know? and a big blow up on the screen on third down. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like I, you know, one of my friends texted me during the game and he was like, the Lions are making plays at all three levels, and they were. Yeah. Team they men. were making enough. Like in in <laughs> I, I feel like this should at least be stated. This all happened in conjunction with the, the Jaguars dropping a lot of passes.
2: Yeah. Here and there.
1: Can I I, I need to ask one thing, and it's maybe less of a, less of a note. I mean, it's a less positive note, but it's one I got questions about. Um, and maybe I should just extend the question to you, but with the improved performances from Jerry Jacobs, Kirby, Joseph, the whole company, have we seen the last of Amani or Warier in a Lions jersey? Cause he's marked inactive for this game. It's been a, a very unsteady fall for him from a guy who I think we came into the year thinking he was a known commodity to just be making to mark him as a healthy
2: scratch. Yeah, no, it's, it, it is kind of a, a sad story on him, but this is the final year in his contract, and he's now a couple times been a, a healthy scratch, and there's really no reason to change that at this point. The Lions are healthy. They're going to have to put people on healthy scratches, and Amani Uruwari doesn't do much on special teams, and the Lions are now okay at corner. They're not they're not elite, but Amani just wasn't cutting it, and it it sucks because he was trending in the right direction last year after you know at the end of the year and he came into this year as the bona fide cb1 and we thought maybe he takes a big i mean we were even talking about possible offseason extensions for him and now it's just like not not only is there is there a good chance he's played his last snap of the season he may have played his last snap as a line hey jeremy who would you rather extend Amani money or or tj hawkinson (laughs) that's right those were the two guys we were talking about extending in the offseason yeah yeah oh, how that's gone how that is really gone yeah geez anyone else i mean i think we need to give at least a little credit to the offensive line they kept they kept jared pretty clean i all thought game. they
1: improved this is much improved for the offensive yeah. line this game and I, I think that's where that's where a lot of this starts with with jared goff getting more time in the pocket and being comfortable it's where it starts with deandre yep. swift being able to follow blockers and get to his lanes, like. I mean, but we, this is something we've always known. This entire line seems starts with the offensive line and the offensive line ain't performing. Jared Goff ain't performing. Deandre Swift ain't performing.
2: And, and I didn't scream coyote. I will seek his name at all in this game. Like I, I, I he wasn't, he probably is not a hundred percent clean, but one, it's kind of a surprise that he was even the starter over Dan Skipper, but also not that big of a surprise. Cause Skipper is not that good, but Considering, like, what we were saying last week, with where Skipper and Owosika were just a complete disaster, Owosika was kind of fine. Yeah, um, you're in the booth, so
3: I'm just going to tell you that, like, watching the game, it was, like, for every, like, one play where it was like, oh, hey, Coyote made a play. There were two plays where it was like, oh, man, Coyote really messed up that play. Yeah. So, like, and there was, I don't know if you noticed this, but there was a, a point where Coyote came out and Dan Skipper came in. Oh, he didn't actually do that. Yeah, for him. So, like... Okay, so this work in progress. <laughs> yeah, definitely a work in progress. But th- there was a point during the game where I was like, "Man, I can't wait for Evan Brown to be healthy, if that ever, you know, comes to fruition, or if, like Tommy Kramer can can come back." So, um, the the Lions could definitely stand to to improve. But like, I, I felt like an interesting question that somebody had, and this is really getting in the weeds. But like, why, like Logan Stenberg can't play, and it's like, wow, like. Yeah. For, for, for those of you who are the Logan Stenberg truthers, um, if they're playing Coyote,
2: it's, it, it's I mean, probably curtains for Logan Stenberg. What do, you, what do you even really need to see from Logan at this point? Like he got his shot at the beginning of the season and showed that like any, any pass rush is a problem for him.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and really, to be honest, I, I feel like the Coyote problems primarily were, 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 pass blocking, but yeah. um, You know, at, Maybe they see the the upside with you know he, he he made a couple of good pulls and blocks especially on uh, if you go back and you watch the the first carry that Jamal had at the beginning of um, the second half like Coyote had a really good pull and and cleaned out a linebacker for for Jamal to to make that first down carry so I don't know that's the only nitpicky stuff that we can take Chris that's the no. that's the great thing about this is that we spent. 39 minutes talking about great stuff. And we spent 60 seconds talking about how it'd be really nice if the Lions got like another starter quality guard.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Do we need, do we need to talk about JMO before we get out of here and go to the third segment? Uh, I mean, what's there to talk
1: about? Like, I, I I think the plan was always to kind of ease him in. And I know Ford field was chanting. We want (laughs) JMO. And maybe, maybe you lay this on Jared Goff. The one throw he makes is under thrown to, to JMO. So Take away that from from that. That's me bagging on Jared Goff. There, there you go.
2: j <laughs> Jamo didn't even give him a target. Jamo got no I out of bounds by his corner on that play. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, yeah, but no, but I like mean, no, I. it's
1: they, they were going to use him sparingly. D C said as much afterwards. This was always the plan.
2: There's sure. not really much to talk about. Well, there is one thing to talk about, and and thankfully we never got to see it. But him right playing before Gunner? the game started, yeah, Jay Glazer comes on Fox Sunday thing and says, "Hey." JMO's going to play Gunner today. And thankfully, I I joked about this on Twitter as using that as motivation to get Jared Goff his butt in gear and say, hey, if you don't, if if we punt, we're putting JMO at Gunner. So make sure, and we're putting that on you if he gets hurt. (laughs) The lines didn't punt. Um, But to me, like I, this, Dan Campbell uh, basically confirmed as much like that was the plan is he was going to play Gunner. So one is this a problem to you? Two, do you think this is still going to be the plan going forward? Or is this just like that? That was a good way for him to get his feet wet so that he can be running around full speed and hit some people and, and things like that.
3: No, I don't think it's a problem. If you're going to be active, you can play football. What do you say, Ryan? Great. Best ability Great. is
1: availability. And the That's Lions right. won
3: 40 to 14. Shut up. <laughs>
1: We'll be right back in the Pride of Detroit POD cast. I think we'll dedicate segment three to talking about what comes next. Can they run the table playoffs, 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 and other concerns around the rest of the NFL? Because we're all feeling very good. Wrapping up the Pride of Detroit POD cast as we get here into the wee hours and uh, get more and more debased and obscene. We always take this segment the last few weeks to uh, look ahead to what's happening here, especially as Lions remain on a very faint spark ember of maybe having a playoff hunt in front of them. Uh, that just keeps the, seems to not go well at all. Uh, Washington and the Giants had a tie which is honestly the worst possible outcome whatsoever. Uh thank you Graham Gano for missing that field goal, you bastard. That could have really helped a lot, you know. And uh the Rams, you know, they lose improves the, the 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 draft pick standing. But the Seahawks win, the 49ers win with someone I've never heard of, Brock Purdy over the dolphins being the one team in the NFL that apparently doesn't mind if they're running, you know, a third string quarterback at this point. So today didn't go well for playoff
2: picture. No, but there's still hope. There's still a little bit of hope. Well, yeah. I mean, the hope is everything we just talked about in the first two segments. Like this Lions team is on a damn roll. Their their team is good. Dare I say. And, as we just talked in, in the, the break, like their schedule is kind of promising. They've got a Bears team that has three wins. They've got a Packers team that's probably not going to be in the playoff race in week 18. They've got a a Panthers team that's not very good. And then you got the next two games, which are everything, right? You beat If you beat the Vikings at home, people are going to start to get hype. If you can beat a good Jets team on the road, well, then it's it's all downhill from there. And so you run the table, you go 10 and 7 you're probably in and it doesn't really, like all of our gnashing of our teeth over what's happening to every yep. other team. Won't matter if this team is 10 and seven. Now that's a tall order nine and eight though is is starting to seem like, I don't know if that's going to get you in because as you said, like everything that could go wrong this week in terms of everyone else did go wrong. I, I do think the giants in Washington tying is probably the worst possible outcome, but like you even look at it right now. And, and objectively speaking, the lions are essentially fourth no fifth i'm sorry fifth in wild card race you got dallas at eight and three we're, we're still waiting for sunday night football to finish the giants at seven four and one the seahawks are in the final uh wild card position at seven and five and then you got washington at seven five and one and the lions at five and seven so lines are two games out behind seattle seattle does have that tiebreaker so it's kind of two games out plus um and then you have washington in between those two the the problem with the tie is that the Lions had the tiebreaker over Washington and New York and with them having that win or that tie, I should say that tiebreaker is not going to matter unless the Lions tie or Washington ties again. And so that's kind of a bummer. Like you don't, you don't get that opportunity. You don't hand Washington or New York an L you hand them a half loss, which is not great. But again, you're on the table. None of this matters. And we're, we're already talking about percentages that are already so low. You know, lines probably have around a 12 percent chance of making the playoffs, and so something improbable has to happen. And let's just put it in your own hands the improbable thing that the Lions need to happen for them to make the playoffs is to win out. It, it's it's really that simple. And listen, we're going to track every other game, and we're going to put together our rooting guides and all that sort of stuff, and it'll be fun to track and all that stuff, but the easiest route for the Lions to make the playoffs is for them to win out. And they will almost assuredly make the playoffs if they do win out. So root for that and try not to stress about everything else. Because even if the Lions win a whole bunch of games, even if they go 9-8 and eight and don't make the playoffs, or if they go 8-9, and nine, you should be happy with the way this team is playing and leave it at that. Because, sure, it sucks that they lost some early games and, and are probably playing at a playoff team level right now. Get them next year. You get them next year.
3: I I think the important thing, though, that we need to note is that the reason why we can root for the Lions to win out. Why not? Go for it. And even if they don't win out, they win four games of these six. Awesome. That is a telltale sign of not only improvement, but you don't have to worry about the Lions having a top draft pick because the Rams are three and nine. The Bears are three and ten. The Houston Texans are probably gonna have the number one pick. The Lions are on track to having a top like at worst a top five pick. Like at worst, I think the Lions will have
2: the number five pick. It certainly seems like it. Matthew Stafford's out essentially for the rest of the year, almost certainly. Aaron Donald's hurt. Cooper Cup's out. The other receiver. Allen Robinson. Robinson's out. They, they they played better today, but is that how long they is that? They, they still lost. They still they lost. did still lost against a, a good Seahawks team, but
3: Yeah, but the rest of their schedule is even tough, Jeremy. Like I'm it, it I I'm just saying if the Rams win any more games, I think that at most they're going to end up with four wins. Like I think that they can maybe win one more game cuz well, the rest the rest of their schedule is it's not easy. It's, the, I
2: mean, go ahead. The, the, I was just gonna say the biggest game on the schedule for the Lions that isn't a Lions game might be Broncos Rams on Christmas Day.
3: Yeah, that's that's the most winnable game that they have left. Vegas is playing a lot better. They played them Thursday on a short week.
2: Then in they play, in a row, right Is that right, Chris? Three they had won three in a row. The Raiders.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. That's right.
3: And then, and then they play green Bay on Monday night. Green Bay. Yeah. I mean, I guess that might be a tough game in Jeremy's eyes, but like (laughs) the, the, the point being like, I don't see how the lions end up with anything less than a top five pick. And that's why the lions pick. And what we said at the top about playing with house money is that's what the season is. Yeah. And like, who cares what happens with the rest of the playoff picture? Like, I don't care. Like the giants and the, you know, commander's tied. I but, know. Well, I know it wasn't good for the lions, but I couldn't care less. The lions absolutely obliterated the Jaguars today.
2: Let me, let me take this conversation a step too far. Because while I, I mostly agree with you, like, yeah, if they don't make the playoffs, who cares? There is a part of me, Ryan. That's like, if this team can sneak into the playoffs, with the way they're playing right now ryan we're not just talking about making the playoffs say it we're talking about winning playoff games ryan is that in, is that crazy I, to think?
3: Mm, but like listen you didn't say game you
1: well like what's they would they play they they probably wouldn't play the eagles they get the first they'd have a first round bye, probably sure so who would they be
2: playing? They they probably play like what? Maybe the Vikings, Dallas, or the Vikings. Two teams that they they came down to the wire against. I'm just saying, if this team goes nine and one down the stretch and makes the playoffs, are they going to be that big of an underdog in week in 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 wildcard weekend, coming off a nine and one stretch?
1: Ryan can't handle this.
2: I need a shower, a very cold shower. (laughs) I'm not saying that any of this is happening, by the way. I'm just saying because we're we're all feeling pretty confident about the the way this team is playing right now. And because we look at the schedule and say, hey, they could at least go what in these final five, five games, four and one. Like that's not an unrealistic expectation. Three and two is maybe more realistic. But if they bump that to four and one or five and oh and sneak in, we are talking about a team that's either eight and two or nine and one in their past 10 games. And against some of good, good opponents. I, I, so tell I want me to, that, that you wouldn't feel at least a little bit confident going into wildcard weekend.
1: I want to ask this particular question. we actually played this game during the break, a list cast. Someone asked us to rank the difficulty of the remaining five games for the Detroit Lions or how much each of those games scare us individually. I kind of want to revisit it here if you guys don't mind. I'm not going to say we list cast in segment. We haven't done that in ages. I'm not suggesting that at all, but I think most of us agreed that this next game against the Vikings in Detroit is the most difficult game in our minds, unless you really believe in the specters and ghosts of playing Lambeau Packers in Lambeau to end the season, which is valid. Jeremy doesn't think it is. He's he's inviting doom upon this house with his arrogance. But uh, I think besides that, the Vikings are dead. This next game is the toughest hurdle.
3: It is without question. It's the toughest game that the Lions have um, in terms of matchup. Like it's the best football team they're going to play. Yeah, it, it really is. And Again, though, it, for me, it just comes back to the idea that the Lions have played really well against the Vikings across the entire Dan Campbell era. I mean, there was a game early on last season where they lost by a last-second field goal. They beat the Vikings last year to to get their first win of the season. And, you know, it was a Dan Campbell mea culpa away from you know, the lions winning a game earlier in the season where, Hey, the lions win that game. And all of a sudden, you know, instead of sitting at the record that they're
2: at right now, um, that, and I think maybe, maybe that's the key. Yeah. You know, the Lions are going to go on a run. They need to make sure that they win those close games down the stretch. And that's not something that they've been able to do consistently. They've done better recently, but they didn't do it against the bills. They, they, they struggled early in the season. So is they're not going to be able to do what they did today to everyone. They might be able to do it to Carolina. They might be able to do it to the bears or the Packers with the way they're currently playing, but they're not going to do it to the Vikings. Probably. They're probably not going to do it to the jets either. Cause that's a good competitive football team. So you got to win these close ones.
3: Yeah. But wasn't a good competitive football team going to be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Look, I, I'm not trying to puff. I'm not trying to puff out my chest right now, but the, the thing that I'm trying to say is that. The Lions are playing really good football right now. And we've clearly outlined why nobody wants to play them. We've just even hinted at the idea that nobody would want to draw the Lions in the playoffs, considering the circumstances that it would take to get them into those playoffs. And I, here's the, the next thing. And, and if, if just to suggest that, like, you're talking about what happens next season. The Lions don't have to they don't have to start out the way that they started out. You know they what I mean? Not. Like <laughs> they better but, not. <laughs> no, it, but that that's that's realistically the next step, but like I think the great thing that exists about this season right now, like in the moment, it's December 4th while we're recording this. You're you're hearing this on December 5th. I think the great thing about this is
2: we have another week where Lions football matters. Mid December, you could even say we're gonna have meaningful Lions football. And the and the team's only
1: and the team is still has a losing record. <laughs> like it's the insane part of this, too. The team is the team is 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 five and seven, and we're talking about like this in such glowing terms. Four and one. Dan Campbell is working damn magic right now. And yeah, no, Dan Campbell, even in the locker room celebration video, which we've become addicted to is talking about you know we got a six game schedule or we're one and 0 right now same mentality okay. man slam okay. that reset button and keep going it's
2: worked so far we're 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 speechless right now because yeah, I, think, I I, I, think I we're don't all know like I don't know what I to, to talk pull about. back right now but embrace it Lions fans this is fun exciting football they're playing well will they run the table I don't know but let's not pretend like it's an impossibility at this point.
3: I want to toss out a question to you guys. What was your favorite part? It it could be totally niche. It could be whatever, but like what was your favorite part of watching today's football game?
2: I, you know, I think it was probably. No, so I was going to say two touchdown drives in, in particular. One is coming out in the third quarter and immediately putting it on them. Because that was like, oh, I'm not going to have to worry about this game, am I? But then, to me, maybe the most impressive drive was in the fourth quarter. When there was like seven minutes left. And the game wasn't completely out, but it was mostly out. Like it was what, 30, 33, 14 or something. So it's a, it's already a, I can't do math right now, 19 point game or whatever it was. But then the Lions go five minutes, like 12 plays, touchdown drive like it, it just like oh you thought we were done no we are not done putting it on we are scoring every damn drive we have this football game and we're not even gonna let Tre- Trevor Lawrence come back in the game and I know Ryan that that hurt you personally not having Trevor Lawrence get to to throw some garbage time yards for... but to me like that was when's the last time we've had the opponent throw their backup quarterback out there because they just didn't care anymore but well, be, the, because the
3: score didn't allow them to care anymore. It was 40 to 14. Part <laughs> of me, part of part of me, here's the delicate balance. Though it's like, I see the score and I'm like, I finally feel comfortable as a Lions fan, like 40 to 14 seems safe. And then there was the part of me that was like, is Trevor Lawrence going to come back out of the field? And lo nope. and behold, he did not. <laughs> um, I, the, 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 my favorite part about today's football game is that aside from Jack Fox having some trouble holding some uh, snaps when it came to uh, place holding for,
0: for field snaps. goals.
3: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it was a whole thing. But, like, special teams was not a problem at all today. One of my favorite things was watching Khalif Raymond and Justin Jackson provide, like, plus returns. Like, yeah. every time they touched the ball, it was – Hey, the Lions are starting field position is pretty darn good because of special teams, which was like an added bonus. Not like the offense needed it today, but it was it was just it's like, oh, that's cool. Like it it was like everything's working. Yeah.
2: Everything is working. And that's and I think we can expect that to happen for the rest of the season. All three units working to perfection. That's definitely gonna happen.
1: All right. Well, I want to get on out of here. I think we have covered everything here. If we keep talking, we will explode with even more giddiness. We have already towed the line being fanboys a little bit too much here. So we'll, we'll shut it down. We will reconvene for Vikings here. Uh, final note, huge Movember for us. Huge, huge, huge. Just thank everyone. We, I've been thanking everyone for about a solid week's worth of podcasts now. But thank you again.
2: It's amazing. Over 25, I'm sorry, over 27,500 raised between the Alzheimer's Association and the Crisis Text line, which blows last year's numbers out of the water, which is really incredible. Very cool. Extremely cool.
1: Yeah. More fun things coming. This is the fun time for POD cast. We'll have a lot around the holidays. And then when the season's over, whenever it ends, we don't know when it ends now. February. Goodbye, everyone. We will see you star side. Pride to Detroit podcast is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. It's the jerky that fuels your Detroit Lions. That's right. Righteous Felon Jerky and meat sticks are available to Lions players at the training facilities at Allen Park. Each two ounce bag of jerky has 16 to 20 grams of protein, and each stick has eight grams of protein. Trust me, if it's good enough for the Lions, it's going to be good enough for you, too. Righteous Felon is based in Westchester, Pennsylvania, and they use locally sourced all-natural Black Angus beef, and they pride themselves on superior quality, revolutionary branding, and unique flavors that go beyond the stereotypical jerky offerings. And now through the end of December, you can go to RighteousFelon.com and use the discount code POD20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. That's promo code POD20 at RighteousFelon.com. Valid through 12 2022